Right. So before I invite my lovely panelists up, um, I'll give you a bit of a backstory, actually, because those of you who haven't yet seen my wonderful TED talk, please do, because it's very important you do. Um, not for me, but for the message that it conveys. Um, I didn't start my career in technology. Surprise to say and surprised to hear. Um, I, this is my fourth industry in actual fact. The closest I got to working in tech was where I was a headhunter internationally. And I set up the, uh, the Dell team actually in Moscow. They didn't have a, a division there. So we headhunted from, uh, HP actually in other places. But, um, but I didn't know anything about tech. And I think that this is very important. We live in a world where innovation is incredibly important. We rely on technology literally every day of our lives. And I think that what we're hearing today is some great technology, some great innovation. We need to be more open-minded, less elitist, um, and we need to start focusing on the human factor. And that's really why I've got this slot, because I'm not a techie, right, firstly. I'm not going to bore you with product knowledge. But at the same time, it is about the ethical use of technology that we have today. You know, we are so desperately in need and for fast pace and immediate impact. We want pizzas now. We want a date now. We want everything yesterday. But what we're not realizing is that the future potential of that could be massively harmful. I'll invite my panelists up, please. Penny, Donovan, and Haley. And the subject of this particular talk, as you well know, as you've probably read, is that controversially, I'm not a massive fan of tech, okay? I don't like it in certain situations. So I love it for things that we can advance the world on. I hate it because it's actually dehumanizing humans, okay? It's dehumanizing our communication. And we are unfortunately falling into this trap of, because we can get things quickly, means that we don't have to in integrate and we don't have to communicate quite the way we used to. And that's a real frightening factor. I see it in my kids, I see it in their friends, and I'm really concerned. So the unpopular opinion here is, I don't like technology, and I want to know what these three lovely people think about that. So I'll do some introductions. Penny Williams is the uh, VP Sales, UK and International for CDW. Donovan Hutchison is the MD UKI for SHI. And Hayley Mooney, can't see it right down the end there, Hayley, is the MD for Crayon in the UK. So these wonderful people who've got illustrious careers in technology, I'm going to pose the question to you. I don't, I'm not a fan of technology. I'm not a fan of the, the metaverse. I'm not a fan of um, having dates online, having an avatar and trying to connect as humans in an avatar form. What do you think about that? I'm going to come to you first, Donovan. And um, have you had any experiences with this? Yeah, so I've got different, uh, differing views on this, um, mainly uh, because I think that with the technological advancements, we've become more impatient as individuals, as humans, uh, as uh, also Colin uh, alluded to. Um, I think having everything on demand um, uh, has made us impatient. But I also think in addition to that, uh, it's also helping us. Uh, I, there's disadvantages also in the fact that we've become, uh, well, we've lost a lot of social skills. Uh, as well. Uh, but I think the advantages as well uh, kind of balance out the disadvantages. I think having access to be able to communicate more freely, uh, openly across the globe, it's made the world a lot smaller than what it actually is. So yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I think 
good for technology and also bad for technology. I think um, uh, you talked about the metaverse very, uh, very briefly. I actually like the metaverse. And the reason for that is, uh, if I give you an example, in the education sector, predominantly, there's a lot of uh, children who are uh, still developing their skills. Um, and what I found, especially, I've, I've got two daughters, and one of them is completely obsessed with the metaverse and, uh, and gaming. Uh, and we do a lot around esports. And esports allow those children who are typical introverts to come out their shell to learn new skills, new languages. So when I look at my daughter and I think, actually, you shouldn't really be playing games, there's a purpose behind it um, of why she's playing games. She's learning more skills. She's actually um, uh, uh, learning new languages. So she speaks Spanish. She also speaks French. She's not learned that at school because she's studying German. So it's there are some positives uh, uh, when it comes to the metaverse. I also think in the healthcare um, uh, industry specifically, the metaverse also allows us to uh, look inside the human body without actually having to enter the human body. So fairly balanced views. No, I, I totally get it. I think education's great. What do we do with the educational languages? We're going to talk to avatars. We're going to talk to real people. Hayley, your, your opinions. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I have a similar opinion, to be honest. I am mixed about it, and I guess I can break it into business and personal, I think, from a views point of view. So from a business perspective, I work for a global company um, and I have the opportunity to talk and see all of my colleagues um, every single day. And I think, you know, without the technology there, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't collaborate and be the successful business that we are today. So from that perspective, you know, the enablement, the ability to to interact with people across the globe is is really quite significant. Um, from a personal perspective, I, I have two boys, so um, you know they are uh, FIFA obsessed, Roblox obsessed, um, you know, and they live their life on on their computers as as much as they possibly can and are allowed to. So, I think from from my perspective, you know. In COVID, they got to talk to their friends every day because they were online. So, so you know, they still got a little bit of that interaction that we also desperately missed. Um, but I do think long term, you have to maintain some staples. And I have some real kind of core um, rules at home where we don't have device time and we have to really focus on that. And and we look kind of down the line and and, you know, you've got to encourage that in them young now so that they maintain that and they pass that on to their kids because otherwise sitting down at a dinner table without your phones is is not going to be there anymore and and that's what's really sad about it you know you really got to try to to maintain some of your traditions in the family to bring that community together to make sure that they pass it on to theirs brilliant yeah we are hardwired for connection so we need to keep doing yeah that. penny you've got two daughters haven't you what um and running a very successful business so what uh, what's your take on this First of all, I've just got to say I'm so delighted there's some couple of people that are as old as me in this audience, and that was Colin and John. Um, so I've been in this business for 34 years plus. Doesn't she look well on it, though? This gentleman just said I look better in the flesh than I do with my picture. He's my best friend. Wow. Census. <laughs> Rocket. Rocket. Yeah. I'm loving it. Um, so, yeah, I've been yeah, around for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> technology. Okay. Well, let's just call it computers. What was the promise? What was the promise to all of us here? And it was to create more time and less work. That was it. 
That was the simple truth. Now, I think we might have failed because I know off the back of the pandemic that my productivity, oh, CDW are getting their money's worth out of me. They really are. I can't. I'm on Rachel sitting here, who is my other half, my EA, who I adore. And she keeps going, this is ridiculous. Do you know the hours that you're now pulling in? You've got to pull back because like WebEx, Colin, I, I don't like WebEx. I do love Teams, but then it's also cursed. I also work for a global organization. And be careful what you wish for because they're ringing me all the time. And it comes on your phone and you're going, go, go away. I don't want to speak to you today. It's the weekend. And that's a problem. So we have got to get the balance. Um, you're absolutely right. Like you, I met Haley's wonderful daughter, Daisy. And we were talking tech. And Daisy said, I don't want to work in tech. My daughters are 28 and 24. Both of them said, I don't want to work in tech. I see what you do. I see, guess what? They're both working in tech. Both of them. Um, and they say there is no other industry like tech because it's the pace, it's the excitement, it's everything, the bits that we love that they see. But it's my last bit is keeping the balance. Like everything in life, balance is really hard, isn't it? When we get, it's very um, seductive, the bits that we're pulled into. So Colin alluded to the osmosis that we experience in an office environment. That's incredibly important. I mean, we, we can't often legislate for how important that is. You know, if you ask a quick question, someone's there. Um, you've got to book in a Teams appointment after you've booked in 10 minutes to go to the loo. You know, it's very, very rigid. We as business leaders, business owners, um, we have a duty of care, in my opinion, to actually start to protect the next generation and the next generation after that on this human factor. Whilst we are absolutely wanting to encourage the use of technology, and I absolutely want to encourage more people to get into technology as a career, what is it that we can do in our roles to help protect that real human element, the real human connection, the, you know, the, the integration that we have with people? Penny? As leaders, we set the example. So... I live in Leicestershire, but I am in London Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or I'm in Manchester. I travel. I'm physically there. I'm physically there caring about our business and our teams. And um, it's funny, I was at Canalis and a Disty said to me, I won't mention the Disty, wasn't you? Not Another Disty said, Penn, how, how, how do you do this? You've got the busiest office in London. We go to all your frenemies. And um, they don't have the same, it's, the, the, it's just not, they're not as full. I said, because we're there and we're physically there. And if I'm not there, then, you know, team's the curse, but you're physically, you're talking. I don't like to send long emails. I like to call people. I'm always on the phone. Just be physical. People are lonely. Are we frightened to use the phones nowadays? I feel like we are a little bit sort of... No, I, I love, love using the phone. the phone. So do I. Next gen. Mobile phone calls are the best. Anyone want to talk to me, just call me on my mobile. <laughs> See, I, I think that it, I couldn't agree more with Penny. I think it's extremely important to lead by example. Uh, much like Penny, I also travel like, across the UK. And um, uh, I think by doing so... You, you see a chain reaction of other people wanting to be in the office um, uh, to collaborate with one another. We don't want to lose that human interaction, so we would never go fully hybrid at all. Uh, in fact, what we try and do is we try and uh, 
uh, create events that bring people into the office. Uh, Colin mentioned about uh, like what Softcat were doing in terms of uh, trying to entice people into the office by uh, you know breakfasts and stuff like that and making it fun, uh, a fun environment. And I think that as leaders, we have a duty to be able to do that. Not only um, to get the employees to collaborate more, but also from a mental health perspective, it does actually help to have that face-to-face -face human interaction more than it being virtual. Because many people who work at home full-time um, tend to be quite isolated. Yes, they've got access to the technology, but they are somewhat isolated. So um, when it gets to 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the evening, and maybe they live on their own, who are they going to talk to? And it's just very digitized uh, the way that they communicate, which is not great. Not human. No. I, I think we, we probably talk from a real sales kind of perspective. And, and in our business, we've got 50% technical consultants as well. Um, and they do have a, a, a different way of working and a different approach to things, but they are still driven by community as well. Um, and that's what's really interesting because we, we've got uh, 120 data scientists across the globe. And they are in big pockets, um, Europe, uh, APAC and, and US. And we tried initially to recruit, um, you know, in individual countries and we lost people. We couldn't retain them because they needed that community to work. They, you know, they work together, play together, develop together. You know, everything, everything has to happen in this kind of, you know, united group. And, and so we decided to create the center of excellences and that's our approach to, to, you know, recruiting and retaining these people as well. So even on the technical side of it, they still have that community drive and they need that, that, that you know, one to one interaction with people face to face yeah and let's not forget i think community is something that we are again hardwired to to, to want to involve we're, we're trying to find all of the things that we need from that community sometimes in a very small amount of people and it does reduce your world doesn't it from a technical point of view so do you turn off your devices in the evening guys no but we do but we do put them away so we do have rules in the house, particularly Sunday afternoons. We have family over and, you know, the, the phones have to go away. Um, and I do try to make sure my kids put their devices down before they go to bed, you know, with a bit of time in the middle for them to wind down on it. But it is really hard and you have to lead by example, as Penny said, right? You know, you've got to set the boundaries and, and be really strict with yourself. So I think, I think we could all do better in our house on, on, on that, but we do try to, to have, device free time yeah i definitely don't turn off uh, i i think i got completely addicted uh with the old blackberry um when when you used to have that do you remember the red light flashing do you know he's only 22 years old yeah <laughs> but uh, i definitely got addicted at that point um and i got to a point where i could literally type an email while sleeping and and that was scary um Right now, I can actually do it with an iPhone, which is even scarier. Um, I do switch off my phone in terms of the sound. I don't switch off my phone. But uh, what I have learned to do is keep my work phone in the kitchen uh, when I go to bed um, so that I'm not disturbed during an evening because being part of a global company, you're getting hundreds of emails throughout, throughout an evening. But then I'm still addicted uh, to my personal phone, TikTok, Facebook. LinkedIn, like admin, uh, it, it, you know, uh, but for me, that that allows me to to rest. I I definitely think that we need to remove technology. I think we've become victims of technology uh, to some respect. Um, and 
Yeah, get a better work-life balance. I only know the answer before you even open your mouth, but you don't turn it off, do you? No. Okay. Right, sorry. Yeah. I'd love to say I did I and, and lived in happy, clappy Norway or somewhere, but I, I just don't. I, I just don't. It's just no offence to anybody from Norway. Yeah, anyone from Norway. No, no, no. it's fine. I work, I work for a Norwegian business. They do. They literally leave on a Friday afternoon, go to their cabins and switch back on on a Monday morning. It's a fact. It is a wonderful way of life. I was I'm very a, jealous of it. You know, I've been at a conference Monday and Tuesday and I was with a Norwegian guy and he went, yeah, we do, I think Highgate are here. We work a four-day working week, but we've been doing it for years. Yes. Yeah. And I was sort of like to twitch and go, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not that smart. So what do you think the future is going to look like then for communication and, and technology as we use it? I mean, what, what do you think? Let's fast forward um, another 20 years, okay, in, our, in, in, in the channel as we know it. How are we going to communicate? What's it going to look like? Give me a picture. Give me an overall picture, Hayley. It's difficult to say, isn't it? But the, the VR piece is huge, right? That augmented reality, that kind of in-person meetings. If you think about it from a business point of view, you're not going to be on Teams anymore. You're going to be in a room virtually somewhere, um, which is going to be entertaining, to say the least. Um, but but it, I, I just think it's really difficult to say you know i think we we as um a generation have to work really really hard at maintaining that balance and, and making sure that it doesn't take us over there's so many benefits to it yet there are so many reasons why we don't also need it as well so yeah i mean i think vr will change the game you know and particularly will lead the way from a tech point of view right you know it'll be our industry that goes first on that you know we we've already hosted a gm summit in the uh what's it? it's oculuses so yeah weird um so so you know it is it is um it is going to make life really really different um and i think that education will probably adopt some of that as well you know and we'll see that coming through from the kids you know Haley, i've got a real thing about the education piece as well around kind of you know the learning and you know i, I was at the women in tech festival last thursday and they said uh, there was a young lady in there and, and she said that you know she's actually doing vr learning on her lunch break she went to some fancy private school but um you know they have actually got her engineering in virtual reality uh, at school oh, it's insane mm. i love that idea though yeah really cool yeah i'm actually quite scared about it to be perfectly honest so um i, I think that um we're already losing so many social skills um and it's hard enough trying to get people out there to meet uh, with other individuals face to face, I think with COVID and also with advancements in technology, people want to meet more over Teams, um, and it's very regimented. It's very calendarized. Uh, your your entire life is is based on a calendar of appointments. Uh, ultimately, uh, even with your local GPs, um, it, you know everything's online uh, and moving to online. So I, I I'm quite uh, scared about it. Um, I I think the cartoon film uh, Wally. Uh, it, it, it is a prime example of where we're leading to. Uh, I, I think as you bring technology um, to individuals and more technology, um, we're just going to become lethargic. We're going to become, uh, it, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I think we're killing our world uh, with it, to be honest. Worrying. Uh, <laughs> My God, I'm doomed. Right. Uh, um, what can I say? Uh, I think, you know, after 34 plus years, I'll just go and live on an island. Penny will look um, the same fish. in 20 years. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep rocking up. Um, no, it terrifies me. 
it terrifies me because I'm a very people person. That's how I've run my businesses. That's how we've been successful. Um, and it does terrify me. And again, I'm going to use that word, the balance. Yeah. I would have got here a lot faster with all those hover scooters, by the way, from Wally. So I quite, quite like that in some respect. But I think you're right. I think there's extremes of human behavior, though, remember. So the fitness thing, people are extreme on. They'll use technology to advantage, but physical. Um, I'm also incredibly concerned. But this is why I think we should all be very much morally aware and ethically aware of how we utilize that that connection for the wrong reasons for laziness for complacency i was actually sat on a, a leadership course um the other week and we sat with a consultant cardiologist and she said she loved it that she was able to use vr to 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 experiment and do different operations she hated it because she had no patient interaction and that you know you've got to listen to that each patient is very very different there's idiosyncrasies of every single case and she said we don't get that we don't get that. And of course, there's a lot of data you've got to put into these things to get it out. And often that comes from having that interaction with patients. So she didn't get that. So that's quite frightening. So, okay, let's spin it up into a bit more fun. So, well, sort of fun. Uh, uh, if you can leave a legacy, right? What would it I didn't be? like this one. Okay. Okay. Um, on. What is it going to be? Well, if I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't leave a tech legacy, put it that way. Okay. So, so I've mentioned it already, you know, you, we have got to instill our traditions into our children, right? Because otherwise they will never know what it's like and they will never ever be able to teach their kids. So if we're going to maintain anything from a generational point of view, it's got to be our, our family tradition, sitting around the table, eating, talking together, not being caught up on, on devices. Um, you know, I would much prefer to, to have my family remember me for something like that rather than something that's fancy tech. Beautiful. Yeah, so I, I would cook her as well. Um, uh, every Sunday I do a Sunday roast and bring the family around. And there's no technology. But um, I, I think if I could leave a legacy, it, it's one of um, instilling into others uh, equality just in general and being able to um, raise awareness um, and uh, and drive for um, equity for all. I, uh, like I, I, I'm a huge advocate for that entire piece, and I think that there's a lot in the world that we should be doing. So, if I can leave the world having a legacy of being known for doing good, then I'd be happy with that. I suppose there's two sides to my story, and that is one of my legacy with work, and I would like to say, I'd like to think that I've led with integrity always um and then my personal world my girls and my legacy and i always say to them lead with a smile and be kind and it's as simple as that oh beautiful see not technical at all was it uh good so um quick quick fire last one best piece of tech ever invented in your opinion best piece or, or can't i invent my own Either or, go. Right. I've been thinking about this a lot. You heard it here first, we'll be distributing this. No, uh, no, I think I might get arrested. So, okay, so I don't have any time and my passion and love are clothes. Love clothes, should have been in the fashion industry, didn't pay enough. But anyway, love them. So I'm traveling all the time and I'm seeing people, I'm thinking, oh my God, I love those boots, I love them. So I'm getting my phone and I'm like taking pictures randomly. Then people I think think I'm some raving stalker. So I think there's privacy laws that might stop this, but an app that could, whenever I'm seeing anyone go, take a picture, oh God, get it from there, zip, yeah, I can buy it, done. But I think it's not gonna go, it's not possible, is it? Maybe, 
Does it exist? No, it doesn't. I've tried it. It doesn't work. You know, like when you get that out with a plant and you're in a garden and you go, oh, yeah, lovely plant. Let me take a picture. It doesn't work. Well, not for me. So you're saying you need a technology that works. Yeah. Okay. Though I am a bit of a Luddite, so it could be user error. But, you know, hey. Love it. That's me. Not, no, no best technology piece that's worked oh, for you. God. Hair dryer, anything. Straighteners. <laughs> yeah. Works. It's my phone, isn't it? My phone yeah. is my, yeah. is my, you know, it's like a shoe. So it's a surgically removed phone yeah. from said woman, Rachel. Yeah, can't, can't, we can't, can we? No. <laughs> I'm going to be really boring and say uh, my air fryer. That's it. I, I, don't, like, I, 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 I don't have an air fryer. I, you know. Can I just ask, who has an air fryer? Because on Instagram, <laughs> everyone's doing everything on an air fryer. Air fryer, absolutely yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Any day. Yeah, you need one. Yeah, I'll send you, you a send link. send me a link? Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone sell air fryers here? Uh, <laughs> we know to Amazon. Them. <laughs> um, do you know, going back to Colin's point on the Sinclair thing, though, an air fryer is a little oven. That's all it is, a little fan with the heat. Come on, guys, break it down. Anyway, yeah, it was brilliant. I love it. I love the ease of use. Uh, the ease of use. Hayley? Well, I mean, I'm coming back to Colin's slide from earlier, so I can't live without a calculator these days. The maths homework that my kids get is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to say calculator. <laughs> love it, love it. Guys, I'm going to wrap that up because we are short on time and everyone's got to get taxes and it's going to take about two hours probably to take us all places. So thank you very much to our wonderful panel guests here and thank you all for coming today uh just to say i'm very proud of our wonderful distology team which is fast growing and and, and fabulous um and i'm loving these events back in person i have to say and uh, i'm hope hopeful that you all are again back to that human connection i don't think we could do that quite as well virtually we couldn't make all the cock-ups that we make and laugh about them we'd all be going off off screen off camera um so thank you Safe journeys wherever you go. Some of you come to CRN Awards. Please clap when we are names announced when we don't win. <laughs> if that's all right. Thank you all. You can now be free to get drinks and, um, and network. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>